Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Baldo Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we got NFL news notes and nuggets coming up next segment. Uh, it is a Smooth Soul Monday. Uh, my man Patrick DJing a Smooth Soul Monday. Often it will soothe the tortured soul of sports fans out there whose team took an L over the weekend. That was certainly the case for Cowboys fans, certainly the case for Texans fans. We'll get back to that conversation. Um, but let's talk about the big announcement today. As a matter of fact, Let's um, get into Bijan Robinson's announcement. He actually met with the media today um, to make the big announcement, and we didn't bury the lead. He is entering the NFL draft. Uh, Inside Texas reported that a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, that he would be skipping the bowl game, entering the draft. DeMarvion Overshown also uh, made an announcement via social media that he was entering the NFL draft, but no press conference for Demo. But Bijan Robinson, hey, man. You talking about one of the Mount Rushmore running backs here at Texas. So he gets his own press conference. Here's what Bijan had to say in his opening statement. So, uh, you know, I just want to thank everybody for being, uh, thank being here. Um, you know, I know this was a little last minute, but I just appreciate you guys for making it out here. And, I mean, just seeing you guys here, you know, again, is it's pretty cool to me. Um, but, you know, for me, I just, I just want to say, you know, I will be declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. Um, you know, it's it's been such a blessing, you know, just being here and, you know, being able to talk to you guys and to, you know, just, you know, develop a relationship, not just like for a football relationship, but I know that, you know, if I see you guys just outside of football and, and you know, even just in a store, like it's going to be all love. But, man, I, I, for me, you know, it's 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 been a fun ride here. Um, you know, I, I've you know, done everything, you know, that I try to do, you know, and, and God's plan for me while I've been while I've been here. And, you know, I want to thank, you know, just everybody. I mean, all the coaches, you know, my teammates, people back home, my family, uh, most importantly, God, just for just giving me the opportunity to, you know, keep growing here as a, as a, you know, kid to a man. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely been a heck of a ride. Uh, you know, you guys were kind of like figuring it out towards the end of the season. Like, is he is he gonna stay? Is he gonna leave? Um, but yeah, man. You know, I know I know it's time to you know start that start the new journey. All right, that's Bijan. That was his opening statement, uh, and he sounds like he he thought it over. We'll get some more sound from him, but uh, you can tell that Bijan, yeah, he he didn't like craft to have a statement ready. Like he didn't read from a statement. Um, he didn't. You can tell he didn't really have like some something that he had uh, already. You know, uh, decided that he was going to say. He just kind of came out to the media and was like, you know what, um, guys, I'm leaving. Spoke from the heart. It's been great hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Spoke from the heart. Um, I mean, let yeah. you know exactly what we, we thought was going to happen. And 
And, Rod, you talked about this at the very beginning of the year. Your motto for 2022 was put some Bijan on it. And we still believe that there was a, there was some opportunities that was missed with this kid and not being able to use him to his full capabilities. But the moments that we did get for him and the way that he went about his business, nothing but a professional the entire time that he's been here. Uh, it's been fun watching him grow. But most importantly, he has matured in front of us, and now he's getting his opportunity to take it to the big stage. So. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, I mean, everybody's really, I'm sure, happy for Bijan. I saw a lot of well wishes for him on social media. Uh, some Longhorn fans thought he might come back to school, but I thought that was pie in the sky kind of dreams. Right. Um, that was no way considering the running back shelf life we have now analytically been able to prove these days um, that he was going to stay in school for another year. This wouldn't have been smart. No. I even think guys like Stark probably were on the low kind of pushing him out like, man, go to, go go play in the NFL. Go yep. make your money. Yep. Um, you don't need to take that type of unnecessary risk at this level. You've proven enough. He was asked whether it was a difficult decision for him. Um, here is what uh, B John had to say. Uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely hard to say. It was that decision, um, and you know, for me being a being a running back, you know, it's it's smart to, you know, keep the keep the wheels on your body, you know, fresh. You know, when you do want to go to the go to the NFL, and I thought that this was just you know the perfect time to to go endure that for sure. Um, but the reason why it was hard, you know, because I just love it here, and I just love everything about. This place, you know, I love the, this fan base, the coaching staff, you know, the people here and just everything that I, you know, say here while I've been here. So that's definitely why, you know, such a hard decision. And I kind of just like just thought about it for for a little bit longer than than people thought. But, yeah, it was it was it was a tough one. And, you know, I knew that it had to, it had to be made um, for my future for sure. There you go, Bijan saying it was a tough decision. I'm sure he misses. He's gonna miss the um, fans and their support playing with his teammates here. But uh, Bijan Robinson on to uh, a much bigger stage at the NFL level. He was asked about his training as well because now he's gonna start training for uh, the combine, training for the NFL draft. Um, he actually said that he would stick here in Austin actually and do his training here. Is what yep. Bijan Robinson had to say. Yeah. So. I'm going I'm to start training uh, January 2nd, and, yeah, I'll be training here in Austin. Um, you know, Mo Wells and all the guys at Collective, Jeremy Hills, you know, those guys, they got a new facility out there. So I'll be out here training um, for sure. And just because, you know, it, it's it's they're really good, but just importantly, you know, I, I still, like, want to be here, you know, as long as I can and, and you know, still be able to have access to, to Texas and talk to the teammates and the new recruits and so they can, you know, ask me questions and, and all that, you know, while they're on their process in the spring. So it'll be it'll definitely be a fun journey, but I'm excited to get the, the draft training started and just to see, you know, how I elevate my game, you know, this offseason. All right, there you go. Training for the combine. Um Bijan is one of those guys I wonder how much he'll do at the actual combine if he'll decide to run the 40 there or run the 40 or only run the 40 there, you know, run this pro day. He can he's big time enough. He can control the conditions that he works out in. He can say, hey, I'm, I'm working out on this day here right. and everybody will go wherever he wants to work. He wants to work out in a controlled environment. So that would be something that could help him out, too, if he doesn't want to go to combine and have to run there because everybody doesn't want to run at the combine. Exactly. Some people have to. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, I love he the fact to. that you said that he's one of the kids that doesn't have to. He doesn't have to make that decision. He can run here where he's more comfortable. 
he can go. He's gonna definitely go there and get the interviews and go through that whole process, the car wash, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. And then after that, poked and prodded and making sure that he was all right. So I'm with you on that. Just do what feels comfortable for you, young man. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're a top ten pick. I mean, Todd McShay's got you going number five in his mock draft to the Eagles. Um, to, uh, Mel Kuyper's got you. As a, I know that hurts. Uh, Mel <laughs> Kuyper's got him as a, a top 10 overall prospect on his big board. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, B. John Robinson can uh, write his own ticket at this point. Uh, all right, so Le- uh, LeBron James and B. John were spotted in a photo on social media. So apparently B. John was out there on the West Coast hanging out with LeBron James this past weekend. That might have been a hint that B. John was uh, deciding to go pro. Some people believe maybe, you know, I maybe hanging out with LeBron's people to sign with LeBron's people. That's not going to be the case. I know he's signed with David Mulligetta, um, who is, you know, I think, the best agent in the NFL because he got Deshaun Watson a guaranteed deal. <laughs> but I digress. Here is uh, B. John Robinson talking about hanging out with the King James. Yeah, so, I mean, LeBron is is a role model to me. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that I look up to a lot, you know, through his whole career just because he's been – so consistent on the court and off the court. Um, so when I saw him, when I saw him on, when I saw him on Saturday, no Friday, you know, the first interaction was like, you know, he was telling me that he was a fan of me, and I was just like inside, I was, I was dying inside, you know, because <laughs> I'm such a fan of him. But you know, just, just seeing how he carries himself uh, as, a, as a man and, and as an athlete, and just being able to talk to him, you know, the way that we did, you know, interact. You know, it was just really cool to to hear his voice and to hear you know somebody from such a high level, you know, for himself and for me as a as a player that wants to be you know that's praying or that wants to be at a level you know like him one day. Um, you know, it really put a lot of things in perspective for me, and now I know that you know all the hard work that I'm that I'm trying to be putting in and that I'm going to continue put in. You know, now I have an example that I actually talk to 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 really look up to and and try to be you know where he's at one day um, for sure. Uh, there you go. B. John Robinson. It's official, Harge. He's out of here. He's done. He gone. He gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I remember, you know, when B. John, like that freshman year, the first time we got a real look at B. John, and everybody basically said, and he talks about this too. He won't play the cut because it's pretty long, but he talks about how Earl Campbell pulled him to the side. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he went to Earl Campbell's house, and Earl Campbell's like, oh, you're the next great one. You know you're the next great mm-hmm. one. And he said recently he got a call from Earl Campbell in the last few weeks saying, I told you, you was going to be the next great one. <laughs> and Earl said he don't tell everybody that. Right. Right. Oh, so yeah. he don't. You know, He's that's Earl right. Campbell. You don't tell everybody that. Um, but, yeah, Bijan, um, once again, getting some uh, love, a lot of love, well-deserved love, and uh, wishing him the best. I think you have a better NFL career than he will, had a college career, and he had an amazing college career, finished uh, top four in rushing here at Texas. But I only, I only said it because I do think somebody's going to roll the dice and maybe trade up to go get Bijan. I know it's a running back. Yep. Remember, and I, I said this before the Todd McShay draft, I said Philly's got multiple picks in the first round, and if they win the Super Bowl, they would consider Bijan a luxury pick. Yep. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. Hell, they got to deal with a sprained shoulder right now from Jalen Hurts, but they're one of the only teams that has a luxury pick in the top ten. They don't need it. Right. They got another pick, and they don't have a lot of holes that they would need a top ten pick to fill. Man. And that would be Ugh. a game changer. No, who you telling? That is where you start thinking about it, and you're like, "Come on, man, that just, that's a little bit too much." That would be too much. That would be too much for that offense already, <laughs> man. I'm be, already mad. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, yeah. a Bijan Robinson, a Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. 
That'd be freaky. <laughs> uh, but if, if, if you haven't heard, uh, Jalen Hurts dealing with a sprained throwing shoulder. We don't know how much time, but we assume for the next week or so he's going to be out. And the line on the uh, Cowboys-Eagles matchup has moved from the Cowboys being favored by one and a half to now they're being favored by five and a half. And he is doubtful, Jalen Hurts, to play in that matchup versus the Cowboys. Gardner Minshew, baby. Minshew mania coming mm-hmm. back because you could get a Minshew starting that game versus the Philadelphia. Already. Um, all right. Let's talk about the – can we give the volleyball team some props here? I mean, come on, man. A national champion volleyball team for Texas. Uh, they dominated, basically, uh, the uh, the championship round there to find a, the title match. They beat Louisville in three straight sets, 25-22, 25-14, and 26 26- 21, but it didn't look as close as these scores would indicate, honestly. Uh, fourth national title uh, for Texas volleyball, first since 2012. Um, and how about this, Dom? I love these stats. Texas only lost 14 sets in 29 matches. They went 28 and 1 yep. this year. 29 matches. They only lost 14 sets in 29 matches this season. That means they has 18 sweeps this season. Yep. That is crazy. And they didn't face a sudden death uh, set in six NCAA tournament matches. And uh, not only did they sweep the title round, they ended up sweeping the last six sets. Because remember, against San Diego, I believe, they lost the first set, then won the last three against San Diego, and then they won in three straight sets versus Louisville. Yeah, that first set uh, against San Diego, I was watching, and I was like, all right, are they are they messing around? And then I looked up in the stands, the cameras was going on the fans, and there's the shirts were saying, "Why not us? Why not us?" And then all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. got to get up out of here. So I, I've been really impressed with this. I follow uh, the volleyball team from afar and continue to watch them. And you know, you look at uh, Asia O'Neill, Molly Phillips, and. Logan Eggleston, mm, and them being beast. able to go in the libero, man. She was unbelievable. Fleck was diving all over the place. Zoe Fleck, she was libero of the year. Yeah. And after the the tournament was over and they were giving out the all-tournament team, the thing that was cracking me up, and I was sitting there, I was talking to Lindsay, and I was like, why in the world wouldn't they have a libero on the all-tournament team? Like, that's one of the most important positions. Obviously, the outside hitters and what they do, but the libero is the one that's diving all over the place, digging the balls up. Like how how was she not on the all tournament team? Especially when Good you question. start looking at it, is like what is going on? But for them to go out there and do what they did, going wire to wire and playing as well as they did, like you said, they had one loss and then lost one set in the in the final four. That's outstanding work and. They make light work over everybody. There were some tough times. They went they went mm-hmm. deep in that first match, but for them to win the championship by sweeping, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, Logan Eggleston ended up being AVCA National Player of the Year, yeah. also your attorney MVP, uh, had 19 kills uh, in the final. And so, I mean, Texas basically ended up having just better players overall. You watched that Louisville match, and Texas had, you know, the best player on the court, that's yep. Logan Eggleston, but they had the best, better libero. You just talked about it. <laughs> yep. Better setters, uh, better, you know, better back row. They just had, overall, they would just a better team. And, and that, that came to fruition in that final. Yeah, and they had that transfer come in, um, uh, Madison Skinner, who had just won the championship the year before. 
She won yeah. it there, and Space then she what? transfers in, and then boom, here she is making it happen for for Texas as well. Katie, Texas, a young lady that was able to be a major key to the success that Texas had this year. So shout out to Coach Elliott. Shout out to the ladies. Well and last night. They lit the tower. It Shout was out. lit. Yeah, no, with that, with that, uh, that beautiful number one. There it is. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's one of the coolest traditions in all of college sports. I mean, it's hard to top that. And uh, yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. But shout out to the volleyball team, uh, finally getting that championship. I mean, they've been a dominant program for a long time. Yeah, uh, but they're one of those programs that dominance that that it's always. Translate into wins, not necessarily championships. Yeah. But now they finally got the championship first since 2012. So congrats to the ladies. Well deserved. Did it in dominant fashion. Two uh, two parents on that team were former NBA players. Well, Asia O'Neal's yeah. dad and Brian Skinner uh, yeah. is uh, Madison Skinner's dad. Brian Skinner used to play at Baylor. Jeans matter, and he's from the two five four. I just oh, had to bring okay. that that's, in there, so you know oh, I had to set you up for that. One. That's all it was. There it is. That's <laughs> right there. really all it was about. There, I thought you were trying to educate hey, us. I did. It was a, you I did. did. But ultimately, it was, was all about <laughs> self gratification for you. <laughs> Texas is now seventh place overall in the Directors Cup standings as a result of the uh, the ladies uh, taking care of business. So seventh place overall in Directors Cup, but that'll change too as Texas uh, ends up, you know, accumulating more titles. Speaking of, Texas basketball also got a big win. The yep. men did. Uh, I, I, the, the men and women. Both, yep, they yep, played yep, back-to-back yep. in that uh, Pacific Coast-to-Coast Challenge, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, Texas basketball men were number seven. Uh, they uh, get a big win over Stanford, 72-62. to 62. Um, Man, led by as many as 16. Got a little tight at one point with, I think, six and a half minutes left. It was a 59-56 game. But, man, give it up, Marcus Carr. You don't like the hero ball, Harge, but they needed it. Um, he scored a game high 17 points, six of 13, uh, five assists, but 10 of the final 16 points that Texas scored as a team when they got to that 59 56 lead with six minutes left was all Marcus Carr. 10 yeah. of the final 16 points. That was big. That was, it was huge for him. And, and of course, getting to the free throw line and knocking down free throws is always going to play a major part to whether you're going to win or or lose. I still believe that the way that this team is being constructed, I love the way Sir, Sir Jabari Rice plays when he's in the game. Mm-hmm. I still think he's going to be a major key to the success that Texas is going to have in the big picture. Tyrese Hunter didn't have his best game, but he's still effective. He had three, five assists but three turnovers, but he's so effective. And as a team, Texas had 22 assists. That means they are starting to they share are, the ball a right. little bit more. And I think that was something that Coach Terry might have talked to the team about, especially when you start going back and you watch the film and you realize, hey, man, there's an opportunity to kick the ball here, maybe pass it there, maybe don't hold it as long, getting to the end of the shot clock, and then all of a sudden trying to give it up to somebody to try to score. Let's just move the ball. And the more you move it, the more out of sync defenses are. Yeah. It makes it because when the ball is going from side to side, it's tough for your defender to stay up and keep up with it. That's when you can get those backdoor cuts because they fall asleep a little bit. Those are the types of things that I want to see as the season goes on. Patrick, what's wrong with Tyrese Hunter? Uh, I mean, I don't think, I think it's just early season stuff where it's just, you know, you get in shooting slumps. Uh, he'll be fine. Okay, uh, I'm not. I'm not overly worried about early season stuff like that. Yeah, 
He's seven to twenty in the last three games. Uh, yeah. But like you said, he's, you said what's wrong? With uh, no, I'm just, I, I was just, I know, I was just yeah, asking yeah. Patrick assessment. Gets, Patrick yep. gets a chance to watch this team a lot, and yeah. gets a really close view on them. Texas did have eighteen fast break points. Stanford mm-hmm. just had three, so that's something good. Texas still pushing the rock there, um, enforcing a lot of turnovers, and also speaking of forced turnovers, Texas had. Um, Forced 18 turnovers, only had eight. Yeah. So and, plus and 10 had, in that category. And they had 19 points off of those turnovers. Also big. So that's, that's huge right there. And those are some of the things, too. I, I, I want this team to get a little bit better from the three-point line. I mean, oh, no, if you're going to be shooting, and, and this is a conversation that we've had whether it was with Shaka's group, and now we're having it with well, this, this Texas not, well, group. Well, this is not a good three-point shooting team. Is that is that okay? Uh, well, you're going to need some some of those shots they're coming out later. They're 313th right now. Yeah. No, and look, they're not going to ever be an elite three-point shooting <laughs> I team. Know, like, I don't elite, know if they ever will but be. But I need them to no, be in the I, middle of the pack. I, I think the big thing is if you, you, you just basically have to make the ones that when you're open, and they're, they're, they're taking some that are late in the shot clock, and they're, that's Panic where they threes. have a really bad percentage yeah. is those late in the shot clock where it's like, hey, man, we couldn't find anything. I guess we're throwing this up instead of driving to the bucket. Kobe! And, <laughs> and so those are the ones where you'd like to see them try and have a little bit more yeah. urgency to be like, look, if right. there's 10 seconds left, just go to the bucket and try and get a, a layup and a foul instead of waiting that, that making the three more passes when you're not you're – not, you're passing around the perimeter. Yep. Nothing's opening up. You're not up. penetrating the defense. Yeah, like yeah. you're not trying to make anything happen. You're literally just going, well, I don't have anything. You don't have anything. I don't have anything. I <laughs> shot. Hot potato. So that's a lot of those threes. So I think if you take those threes out of the equation, they're okay on the threes they should be taking. And then, too, I think a lot in the early season, they're telling uh, Brock Cunningham, they're telling Christian Bishop, they're telling Dylan DeSue to suit them because they need teams to clear out of the paint. Stress and the so floor. they're like, hey, man, you need to shoot this so it's on the scouting report that you're going to shoot. And if you can hit them, Christian Bishop is in the one who I don't think he has gotten very close. <laughs> uh, Brock Cunningham's had a couple performances where he's looked good at it. Dylan DeSue's had a couple yep. where he looked good at it. So those guys at moments can look really good at. Christian Bishop is the one that I'm like, I don't know. That yeah, that's might not be, your might game. Might a little bit more time in the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's not your game. Uh, loving Timmy Allen's game lately, though. Yeah, and that's what you say about Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. We could have said that about Timmy Allen at the beginning of the season. We, yeah, exactly. That he just nothing was we falling did. for him. Yeah. yeah. And so I, that's where I go. I. It hasn't been long enough for Tyrese Hunter Ebbs now. And flows yeah, kind of thing. it hasn't been long enough that I'm worried. But Timmy Allen has he stepped back into that where he gets to go into where what we've seen with him now that he gets to be an X factor guy, mm-hmm. which is hey man, he he is a difference of do we win by ten or do we lose by five? That's his fifteen points. That's yeah. a great point. And three point shootings like that. If they yeah. actually have a good three point shooting Ooh. night, Texas is hard to beat. Yeah. Right. But if they have an average three point shooting like that they're average, then they might yeah. be in a So if you can fight. shut down Timmy Allen, yeah. then usually Texas is a lot easier to beat. But if he gets his ten to twenty points, ten to fifteen points, it's just it's a lot harder to beat him. I, yeah. and I, what I love about Timmy Allen is he's when he was struggling to put points, like to put points in uh, on the box score early in the season, he was still contributing in other yep. ways, oh, yes, like defense and yep. and like rebounding yep. and effort plays. Now you're still getting all of that with the scoring. Yeah, because that's what you, that block down the stretch was clutch. And you that's what I, mean? I say. And as, as an X factor guy, he's an X factor in all pieces yeah, of the court. Yeah, he's a hustle guy too, and a great team leader. 
So there's a lot of things he can be an X factor in. He's also got to get his free throw shooting fix. But that's, true. that's a lot of this team has to get their free throw I, shooting fix. Man, I love Serge Barry Rice's game now. It's it so is. smooth. It is. It's, it's he is yeah. just he's fun to watch. It, he is. He's just oh yeah. man, he had 15, but it just looked like an easy 15. And boy, still. watch that pump fake. Yeah. I tell you, I'm just like, <laughs> how does we, how do people still fall every time. for that? I'm every like, time. that dude is so because, it I'm, is so slow. But that's what I'm saying. That's about it, man. But harsh, I'm sitting on the sideline and me. And Eddie will poke each other because we're like, I fell for it. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the side of the ball. Yeah. Cameraman falls for it sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Uh, but Texas gets to win. 72-62 over Stanford. All right, we come back. We'll get to NFL news, notes, and nuggets on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie. One nine no. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right here on 1049 The Horn. You can always be a part of the show. Please do hit us up on the Specs Sex Line, 512 337 3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis, any Twitterverse, and my man Harge at Hardball Harge, any Twitterverse, and Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. A lot of crazy NFL stories that we got to get to here, gentlemen. Um, so um, obviously, it'll take us more than just uh, today to review uh, all of the different headlines in the NFL. But uh, we started on Saturday with the greatest comeback now in the history of the NFL, largest comeback victory in NFL history. Minnesota Vikings um, were down 33 points to the Colts. Um, teams were, prior to that game, um, 0-132 in the Super Bowl era when they were down 30-plus points. <laughs> um Makes no sense. Yeah. Regular season, by the way. Regular season. Yeah. yeah. Um, regular season here. Um, and that was the first time in the regular season that a team came back from 30-plus points down to end up winning. Uh, also pointing out that NFL teams, when they took a 30-plus point lead, now this goes back to a, a NFL history period, they were 1,548, 1-1. One and, one. <laughs> um, and that obviously the Colts end up losing that. Game thirty nine to thirty six after having a thirty three point lead at halftime. So Minnesota continues to be. I've been saying this for a month now. The most improbable <laughs> or the most unimpressive ten or eleven win team. I guess they're an eleven win team now. Eleven win team that you've ever seen. As a matter of fact, they have the lowest point differential in the Super Bowl era for an eleven and three team. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense for Crazy. them to be where they are. But here we are. Your record is exactly what you are. Mm. And you are 11-3, and three, the Minnesota Vikings. And can we just – the Jeff Saturday experiment is over. I mean, mm. you know, he's talking about I'm going to be the interim. I may be terrible while mm. I'm here. 
I might be great, but whatever it is, I'm going to have fun. No, your team lost a 33-point lead. And you know why? You still had your quarterback mm. throwing the ball. You're you're an offensive lineman. Ooh. Isn't that thir- didn't they have the worst fourth quarter in NFL history? Wasn't it 33 points that they were outscored by the Cowboys in the fourth quarter? Yes. It's that 33 keeps haunting him. That's a weird number to haunt him like that. Man. 33. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that, Jeff, Saturday. It's I mean. <laughs> pretty obvious that. They, I would say they've, they've made some strides, though. With Jeff Saturday oh, for sure. there. They've done well. They, they've, they've been in ball but, games, but, but so have the Houston Texans. That's true. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and then you sit here and you there's no excuse for a 33-point lead and then you lose. And then Matt Ryan, of course, says, hold my beer. Did you forget about me in the Super Bowl? So yeah. he's been on both sides Oof. of two improbable losses. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I do. I I didn't see that happen. I remember look. I went out to like brunch and watched, and I was like, it was thirty something. I was watching Dion the yeah, Jackson State the game, Jackson game, NC yeah. uh, Central. I watched yep. that one too, which is also a really good uh, game. Absolutely, ended up, uh, ending in dramatic fashion. Oh, the tight end oh, dropped. Oh my gosh, he dropped the potential game tie. Did, uh, did you see Dion in the locker room afterwards? Yeah, yes. that was nice. He said yes. the young man was inconsolable. Yeah, they had a they had a pastor there who just came there to visit Dion. Said he spent he came there just to hang out with the team. Ended up spending an hour and a half like with the young man after the game because. The young man was inconsolable. Yeah, he dropped the pass. He was he was just heartbroken. You I saw, can tell. I, saw, I felt bad for him. I saw a picture this morning with him and his mom. I saw a picture this morning with him and his mom. The player. He said, "We still strong. We're still we're still here." Yeah, and they man. were hugging outside of the front door. But man. still, man, you know how it is. I know how that, that one. Ooh. Uh, and it was a perfect pass. It was a perfect pass. It <laughs> you, was right in his hand. It was a beautiful play call. He should have cradled it. Oh, I felt, oh, it, it was hard, but it really was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Getting back to it, I saw that Minnesota you know, deficit and thought to myself, how in the hell did they? So I didn't even know how the lead got to 33. I have no yeah. idea. Um, but, man, Minnesota, they're at 10-0 and now in one-score games. So it, it's hard for me to respect Minnesota's 11-3 and record. But there is no question about it, man, that they find a way to come up in the clutch, to come come up clutch yeah. in those key moments. They, lo- they have the lowest point differential in the Super Bowl area for an 11-3 and team. Yeah. You've never seen an 11-win team be this bad, yeah. basically what they're telling you. Yeah, it's it's like that was what watching. <laughs> and lucky at the same time. And well, I was watching the game, and I was like, it's the greatest comeback. Let's say biggest. Let's go with biggest, guys. <laughs> not the it greatest. It is not the greatest comeback yeah. because you're playing against a terrible team that you shouldn't have been down on at all. Like, this is a bad Colts team. You shouldn't have been you down. You shouldn't have been down. And then you come back, and they just play ridiculously bad football. <laughs> In the second half, the Colts do. And just bad play calling, bad, bad clock management, everything. bad everything yeah. you could do it really was. to give that game away. And yeah. they had to to give up that many points to have a lead that big. You'd have to play some really inept, and incompetent I, football, and they did. And I believe I saw a story where it said that his Kirk Cousins passed for 460 yards, and that was all like in the second half. Like he had some ridiculous numbers in the second half. That is like unheard of the way that he went about it. And then I saw the post game interview with him, and they were telling him, You just had the greatest comeback in NFL history. And he said, In NFL history? He said, We just had the greatest comeback in NFL history. And they said, Patrick Peterson came in the locker room and was like, Don't worry about it, guys. All we got to do is score five touchdowns. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
We hey. didn't have any at the half, bro. He was right. <laughs> Turns out he was right. He was. Uh, and yeah, the uh, Love Your Blue Oilers are now indeed off the hook. So the texter said, Oilers are off the hook. You're right. Uh, once Frank Reich and the uh, Buffalo Bills had the greatest comeback in NFL history in the playoffs over the Love Your Blue Oilers, yeah. my heart still breaks thinking about it. That will no longer be the case. And hopefully we'll forget all about the city of Houston <laughs> being mocked in that manner for years. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get to a lot more of these stories tomorrow because I still want to talk about that uh, the Raiders uh, ending with the Patriots because that was crazy and bizarre uh, and there were there were three different 17 plus point comebacks this past Unbelievable. weekend. Three 17 plus point comebacks five walk off wins on the final play of the game um, you had three <laughs> overtime games uh, a pick six walk off win by the Las Vegas Raiders and by the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Cowboys so there's a ton come on Rob we ain't done yet yeah we'll get back into it tomorrow but we come back we'll wrap it up put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie 104.9 no regrets pop a top again you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, Time to wrap things up and put it in the oven. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, All right. What you got on tap for tonight? We'll watch a little bit of this game tonight. See what Baker Mayfield going to have any magic again. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel good about Baker's performance. I don't know if that, that means they're going to win. Right, right, but I feel right, good right. about Baker's well, performance. Well, he has some extra time to get ready, so that's a lot better than what he had last week. Well, that might work against Baker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, I was going to let you say it. <laughs> right? Patrick, what you got on tap? tonight at 8. Yes. That's right. Last Soccer show matters of the year, tonight, I believe. Right? Soccer matters at 7. That's right. Sure, we'll be talking some World Cup there. And then For sure. Last Insta Series of the year. Nice. Yourself? Celebration. I'm watching this game tonight. Already. Baker, Baker, money maker, man. I'm rooting for Oh, yeah. All right. I want to thank all you guys. For all of your uh, support and participation. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Live. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Have a great night. Be safe. Peace.